0: The San Jose Sharks take an L on this Black Friday against the, the Los Angeles Kings 5-2. to We've got new jerseys on the scene. Maybe that'll make us a little bit happier to talk about that than the game. But we'll uh, get to all of that and more on this edition of Teal Town after dark. First, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together with us, check us out across all the social media platforms, that being the YouTube chat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and of course, the TikToks. Check out all that and more on tealtownusa.com and hit us up on Venmo if you like your tax dollars at work on the show. <laughs> I'm uh, pleased to be joined by Puck Guy and Dana at the game, and I've got Ian as well on the panel. A puck guy, first off, initial reactions to the game.
1: The initial reactions to the game, alongside Dana Myerson, who's made the trip all the way from Missouri with her lovely husband. Dana, uh, this game wasn't fun.
2: It was fun being here. <laughs> no, genuinely, it was a lot of fun.
1: Uh, I'm not gonna. I mean, you can kind of see us, but we are um, we are twinning up. We both have reverse retro jerseys, and we're also supporting. Eric Carlson here no as well. Points
2: tonight. What a bum. Yeah,
1: no, get rid of him. Train him back to Ottawa. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but Dana, I mean, the atmosphere here. I mean, a pretty solid crowd. If it weren't a sellout, I mean, it was a it was a great crowd. Uh, great to see you guys in real life mm-hmm. for once. So, but uh, overall, the experience tonight as it is
2: was a lot of fun it was definitely a big contrast with the Ottawa game I attended on Monday um which was you know the Sharks playing a worse team better result um but definitely nowhere near as lively um and crowded and you know what there were there were a lot of Kings fans here you know loud and proud oh hello (laughs) What happened? I didn't want to be on camera. <laughs> I called BS. No, yeah, um, there were a lot of kids here with their youth hockey teams. They were all gunning for the Kings. They were annoying, but I loved it. You know, um, you know, I I would I could care for a, a, a couple fewer go Kings go chants that uh, all the fans around us allowed to happen. I tried to get some more going in my section, but. Eh, but still overall a great time
1: yeah a great a great time indeed uh, despite the loss uh, you know uh, it's amazing what new new threads will do to a crowd and, and let's be honest new scarves I and mean, the scarves are, are pretty sweet We're, we got to talk to some people to uh, see who can get some more I, I know AJ has a hookup in some form I, I don't know where he could be right now but you know on that uh, overall I, I think it was a, a a tough one to take. Uh, you know, Kings just got going really early despite, you know, the offside and even that carried the momentum into it. But unfortunately, just not not to be overall. But uh, still a loud crowd, even though there were some go Kings go chance uh, indeed for that one. Anything to add, really?
2: Um... Yeah, I, you know, it was uh, kind of a stinker, but... um. You know, whenever I go to a game in person, I always say like, as long as the sharks score one goal, which means we can get up and cheer. And they scored two, um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe my standards are low, but I had a great time being here tonight, um, and I guess we're back on the Tankathon.
1: Yeah, yeah, back on the Tankathon. Um, unfortunately, Dana's winning streak came to an end tonight. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no. Um, fun fact: I'm undefeated at Sharks games uh, since, just like, significantly before the pandemic. I I don't. I think this is like my, like, it was what, my seventh or eighth game. They finally lost. But I I had been being very selective about the opponents that I chose to attend. It ended up just being like. Worst teams, but um, you know I couldn't resist this one because the giveaway and rivalry, and uh, I ruined my streak. So um, never let me set foot in SAP Center ever again. I will cause the Sharks to lose, although that could be a good thing, um, depending on you know which which side you're on. <laughs> yeah,
1: for tank for Bedard, or or for that matter, we'll get her off the schneid and everything. Oh, look who's here. Oh, hi. If you guys could move it along, we have a bar mitzvah to prepare for. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, this,
2: <laughs> this man has no media pass. This man has. Yeah, we
1: got to get him out. It's security, <laughs> security. All right. With that, uh, we'll send it to you guys. You guys carry it away. Uh, you know, teal, teal, and gold does look nice, but uh, just and, and on the ice too. But uh, unfortunately for uh, success, not so much uh but again a nice experience despite the loss uh ian landy uh break this one down and ian get angry please because this was not a pretty one all right man
3: i'll do my
2: best
1: i appreciate it all the best hope you all had a great thanksgiving and thursday and uh we'll see you uh we'll see you uh well no on thursday damn it uh, uh, Sunday. Yeah, is what I guess, I'm saying. he thinks all right landy back to you <laughs> uh, oh wrong, wrong wrong video feed <laughs> landy
0: there we go i think that should get us back up uh ian i mean good to have you on this evening as well i think uh going through, just having the the live reactions always fun. But breaking this one down, I mean, for that first period, Jarrett Anderson-Dolan with his first goal of the season, Lazat and Mm Dowdy with the assists there. I mean, it should have been – I I think it could have been worse than that first – but scoring eight minutes in, more of the same.
3: Yeah, I thought the Sharks started really slow. But the one thing I will say, though, like is if you're if you are a fan of just like pretty fucking goals, these those first three goals that were scored in this game were like chef's kiss, like um, and then things kind of got off the rails a little bit later. Um, But I mean, the first three goals in this game, all of them like the two by the Kings, the one by the Sharks, like they were just nice goals. Um, But yeah, look, the Sharks, Sharks weren't good tonight. Um I I don't think they played very well in front of Reimer Reimer was very not good tonight. Um I just I don't know like is he did they is he back too soon? Like we don't know what was nagging him. I don't know if it's just like maybe, you know, could he have sat for another game? I mean, maybe after the way Kapokakunen played the last game, they, they you know, he thought, well, no, I'll just, you know, I can go back in, but I I don't know what was with Reimer tonight. And I, don't, I, like, and I don't know anything like I'm not in the room. So, I mean, for all I know, James Reimer was 100% and he just had a shitty night, which which happens. But obviously when you miss a game and then you come back and have a performance like he did tonight, I think you have to at least ask the question.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the first goal I thought going in, it, it's one of those shots that's taken from the blue line. And you know, pretty innocuous, and it's like that's that's one of those ones that are just kind of automatic that you kind of just always got to have. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of got to be routine. And you know, he made some good saves later on uh, in the game, but yeah. it, it was just when the Sharks ever, whenever they were able to wrestle back some momentum, and they were able to tie it up with Kevin LeBlanc's fourth, with Meyer
3: and Hurdle getting the assists. Yeah, now they're just. Good goal there. I mean, the the patience that, um, that Kevin LeBanc showed there, like just the poise and the patience, and then just a really nice shot. Um, I it's like probably I don't know. Like I, I feel like that goal for Kevin LeBanc, like when Kevin LeBanc's career is all said and done, and you want to like go back and like make a highlight reel of like Kevin LeBanc's career, that goal's got to be on it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and like I kind of alluded to, you know, in, in a little bit prior they got that momentum back with kevin's goal i felt like that they were playing better after that but then you get the goal from um i think it's uh philip and his seventh of the season with arvidsson and uh jurors getting the assist there. jersey jersey excuse me i didn't see the eye but jersey getting the uh, assist there on the power play and you just see the team sag once again and it, it's Getting those saves at the uh, yeah but those those moment. weren't the
3: goals that I had an issue with like it was the ones that came after right right like I didn't really have an issue with the with the um with the first or second goal the Kings scored it's the third and fourth that I thought and, really were deflating
0: yeah and and I think like you had said you you just kind of don't know what you're gonna get back there from night to night and. You know, this was had been a, a thing that we had seen with Sharks teams prior and in, in years prior where it was just a complete question mark as to what you were going to get from night to night in goal. Yeah. And that's really hard for a team to try and play um, in, in an offensive style or, or try to have any kind of confidence when you're always worrying about if the goaltender is going to let in a softy on you. And, again, you know, we'll we'll go – you know, into that second period, and we'll we'll break down, I think, which is the, the goal that you had talked about that was most deflating was that Victor Arvidsson goal, you know, his yeah. fourth of the season with Fiala and Jersey and getting the assist there, and that came four minutes and 39 seconds into that second period. And that one, I think, you'll look at you it. Just,
3: Reimer just has to have that. Like, there's just – there's no – you can't really, like – Beat around the bush here. There's no there's no way. Like those last two goals, those have to be saves. Period. Those have to be saves hundred percent of the time. And tonight they weren't. And that's and for James Reimer, it's incredibly uncharacteristic for him um, to let like not only one of those goals in, but two of them in. Right. Um, but again, like I don't hang this completely on Reimer because I don't think the team in front of him played that good. Like it just wasn't a good overall effort by the Sharks, period. Like, yeah, those two goals were bad, but the team in front of them wasn't doing anything. You know, like, yeah, they had some chances here and there, but I thought the Kings carried the play a lot this game. Um, And, you know, so, yeah, bad goals, obviously, when, you know, when you're trying to just hang on, like, bad goals obviously don't help. But I don't think the Sharks, like, forwards and the defense never does the team any favors, let's be honest. (laughs) But I don't think the forwards did the, the Sharks too many favors either. Like, I thought they just looked... Kinda sloppy today.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean the sloppiness. I think you could you could say that both teams were were had sloppy moments, and Alexander Barabanov was able to uh, capitalize on one yeah. of those sloppy moments. Um, he gets his third of the season, uh, and that comes at nineteen twenty three, which you thought, okay, maybe the Sharks get a little bit of positive momentum going into the dressing room with a late goal. But again, not doing enough. Uh, in, in the prior uh, 19 minutes to to yeah. really inspire a lot of confidence. Um, it, I mean, the the shots bear out very similar to both teams. I think it's 29-31 in favor of the Sharks, and the
3: shot chart looks... I would like to see the high danger chance discrepancy, yeah. though, because I feel like it would be lopsided in favor of the Kings, because I don't think that... I think the Sharks had a lot of one-and-done opportunities. Like, I don't think the Sharks were particular. Like, yes, there was points where obviously they had some offensive pressure, but I feel like, again, I think the Kings carried the play for a lot of, you know, a lot of goals. Like, and Jesse Littlefield in the chat, they're saying Barbie's goal was the Sharks' best slot presence all night. Like, I don't disagree. Like, yeah, he was in the right place, right time, and obviously a misplay by the Kings, and that he was able to capitalize on, but... I thought that the Kings just carried the play this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think it kind of, I think if we if we were to look at that high danger chance chart, I think it would kind of bear out there. Um, and a lot, uh, you know, the other thing that I had saw Ian was a lot of um, pressure going east west, uh, mm-hmm. in in the Sharks' defensive zone, and I felt that they had Reimer moving post to post quite a lot. And to me it just seemed like they came in with a little bit better of a of a game plan to attack, attack the shark's low um really kind of bear down on the defenseman and and apply a, a an extra four checker or a little bit more four check pressure and they were able to really stymie a lot of the sharks um you know possession time when they did get the puck back
3: yeah I mean i, I think I think the Kings like I said like uh, the Kings carried the play I't yeah, I think they did a lot of things right, but I just I just think the Sharks did a lot of things wrong. Like I just don't think that I think they the Sharks looked really this game like it was they were just going through the motions. Yeah. Maybe a, a little bit, bit, bit too much turkey. <laughs> you, who knows. And you know, and there's a, there's a there's a few teams that um that had rough games today, right? Cuz they had the, the day off yesterday. Obviously, it's a CBA manda- mandated day off. Uh, No practices, no meetings, no nothing yesterday. So you do get that time off with your family or, you know, hopefully you're not on the road. And I, I think that, I don't know, man, like the Sharks just didn't look ready to play this game.
0: Going into that third period be more of the same with Rasmus Kupari getting his second of the season, Anderson Dolan getting an assist, and Kalyev getting an assist as well. Uh, that came 251 into the third. And, and after that goal, I think you, you could just see it extinguish pretty much any um, chance or, or thought that the Sharks had of coming back into this. Um, and, and, again, not that they had warranted um, – you know, to have much uh, confidence going into that third period. But I did think that the Alexander Barabanov goal should have been a little bit of a pickup. And to see them come yeah. that flat-footed out in the third period, you know, I think at that point I, I kind of just tuned out and and really just was like, you know what, that's kind of where the game ends because, um, you know, the, the team – just not really responding well to those critical moments, and and not uh, able to um, build upon good things that they are able to do. And I think that that's yeah. kind of been the story of the Sharks uh, at, at in total this season. It's just a team that has some really brilliant moments, a team that can sure. you know wow you with some with some talent when, if it has a, a mismatch against a different line or, or is able to, you know, execute, um, you know, some high skill plays, but often it's followed up by subpar play. It's, it's not built upon. It's, it's not, it's not a complete effort or a complete um, game from, from zero to 60. And, and, again i just i don't think that there are going to be very many different results with the team as constructed today um and and i think it kind of bears out with what we're seeing
3: yeah i mean i think the one thing that the sharks have benefited of late is like just really hot players kind of carrying the load and like when everyone's off, like just like when you don't have like Timo Meyer scoring everything that he, you know, on a lot of what he's shooting. I mean, Timo Meyer shoots the puck a lot, but uh, he's had a lot of pucks go in, you know, when that stops, when, when Eric Carlson doesn't get us a point, does, you know, like, you know, and, and James Reimer frankly is not on his game. I think this is kind of the result that you expect. I think a lot of the, the sharks recent success, which isn't a whole lot when you consider that, I think their winning percentage now is like 370 or something like that. Like, so it's not, or their points percentage rather, you know, so it's not like they're, they've are they been world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. But when, you know, I, my curiosity for this team was what happens when some of these guys cool off and if everyone cools off all at once, look out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you could have, some real extended pain if if a yeah. lot of the the team is is falling off and if it, like like we had said before the the margin of error for this team is so small. I mean any any one mistake can sink a game for them, and you know I I, I think the team just doesn't have enough enough depth. Um, you know to weather, uh, quite frankly, I mean to weather some of the worst in the NHL. I mean, LA Kings like it or not are, are going to be on the up and coming. Right. And yeah, yeah. They're, they're on the come up for sure. And, and I don't see, uh, a team in the San Jose sharks. That's going to put up (laughs) that big of a fight against this team for at least another two seasons. Um, And, and again, I think the
3: Kings will be, I think in two more seasons, I think the Kings are going to be, I don't, I think that in two years, the Kings are definitely a playoff team. I don't know if they're, I don't know how it goes as far as they are a cup contender, but they're definitely like in the playoffs for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have a lot of, um. You know, they have a lot of talent coming up and they've got a lot of young talent now kind of replacing a lot of the old guard. Um, So, again, I I think it just, it's just, it's such a. And their old guard, I mean, like, I would, like,
3: who wouldn't want Anze Kopitar? Like, even at his age, who wouldn't want Anze Kopitar on their team right now?
0: Right. I mean, and Anze getting the last goal of the game uh, with uh, Kempe getting the assist there and. Um, really, I mean the the dagger was already in the game at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the,
3: but the point the empty netter goes in, the game was that game was over. Right. But yeah, and and
0: like Denver Doyle uh, bringing up in the chat, um, you know we're, we're describing a team that's got. <laughs> A very good top line I, I wouldn't even say top two lines are good necessarily because i don't think you in an ideal world would have matt nieto on a second line um well no matt um, nieto shouldn't be on the second line ever but i digress yeah um it, again disappointing um disappointing start for the reverse retro 2.0s um and disappointing to see them coming kind of coming into this game flat-footed after the holidays i
3: I mean that was the seals experience though i mean i don't know the seals (laughs) are way before my time but (laughs) that was the seals experience no uh maybe they're doing them justice then Uh, maybe i don't know i mean i thought you know i I will say like i'm not i don't really care about the seals because again like i'm a sharks fan i'm not a barrier sports fan i don't have any really i mean aside from the team that i cheer for and and, and, you know, and, and the friends I've made along the way, I don't really have any affinity to the Bay Area specifically. I just was like 11 years old and thought, man, a shark biting a hockey stick is really fucking cool. Right. Um, You know, and, and the teal's is a really cool color. So I don't have any affinity to the seals. But I, I, I thought. The, like it looked nice. The I I thought the I thought the gear all went pretty well together. Um, would I buy one? No, because again, like this, I don't have any affinity to the steals. It doesn't mean anything to me. I I understand why the sharks would want to pay homage to them, especially with other teams paying homage to like past. Um, teams in their area or maybe like previous teams in their franchise like the the canes paying homage to the whalers and colorado to the nordic to the nordiques so i understand like the seals it makes a lot of sense um but yeah I'd, i i don't have any affinity to them but i thought that it looked nice
0: yeah i i had um i think on the ice and and with the players kind of playing in them I think I like them better than the initial reveal Um, you know I like I had said uh, when they did reveal it I felt it was very San Diego Chargers-esque with the vertical you know with the vertical almost vertical arm stripes um, Mm -hmm. and and felt it had a lot of NFL kind of vibe to it Um, but seeing it live and seeing it you know on
3: the ice, I think it looked nice, and and I think that they did yeah. a, did a good job. I think they of... did a good job. Yeah, I think they, I think they did a good job. Like I said, it does nothing for me, but I think it they still did a good job. Yeah, yeah. So. The uh, the sharks
0: would end tonight uh, on the losing note, five to two against the LA Kings. Uh, James Reimer would post an eight fifty seven save percentage. Jonathan Quick with the win with a nine thirty five save percentage. Uh, Shuck, some vintage Quick tonight too. Some vintage Quick tonight. Yeah, I thought he mm-hmm. had some really good butterfly play of of old. You know, it looked like. Uh, the, the hips of a 25 year old <laughs> the way he
3: used to like the way he used to move around the bottom of the net like will never not impress me right i know we're trying to, to the fucking Kings after dark and people are gonna fire me off air here but um the way like i'm like the way quick used to be able to play before like obviously the the damage that did to his lower body but the way he used to be able to move around the bottom of the net and the like just will never not impress me yeah
0: yeah i i I think uh, again, he had been fighting through a lot of injuries in the last two or three seasons, and uh, it's it's always when he plays the Sharks, he always gets up for those games for whatever reason. And um, tonight was definitely vintage quick. You could you could say he looked ten years younger, um, you know, than than he has uh, in the last few years. So uh, yeah. again, you know, the the team. Pointing up that disappointing uh, disappointing game tonight. But I think, you know, all, we're kind of all eyes are looking towards the future now, Ian. And we've got some questions here in it's the chat. It's not bright.
3: It's not bright. Like, here, here's the thing, though, right? Like, you want to, like, have faith in, like, obviously the future. But, like, what has Mike Greer done so far that's that's really worked out? Lindblom, that's been kind of a disaster.
2: Yeah,
3: Cunning, disaster. Like, I... I
2: Lawrence. It's really
3: early, right? But like the early Lawrence is fine. He's the Lawrence is exactly what he's supposed to be. Um, but I don't know, like some of some of the, uh, but some of like the early returns. And again, it's, it's still early, and things could obviously drastically change. But so far, if you had to give like Greer an early grade, it wouldn't be very high. No,
0: I I think also as well, I I look at the coaching staff and. I also wonder about, you know, where this coaching staff is going to be in a season and a half. Um, and it, are they able to develop um, the young talent that will eventually bubble up? And is, you know, David Quinn the right answer? Now, the offseason <sighs> I don't, well, here's, here's was so the problem, top-turvy, right? right? And and you can't really judge him because of how Topsy-turvy this offseason was I'd like to give him another off season to see If he's able to implement Systems a little bit better but As of right now Ian I, I don't see a lot Of difference for,
3: between a Bog Boogner coach team And a David Quinn coach team Oh I do I do I, I here, Here's some differences right like I think one thing Like in uh, Denver in the chat Said like you know like I don't know How much David Quinn had to do with it but obviously Eric Carlson has had a, Quite a turnaround this year And is that because of David Quinn? I don't know. But it could be a difference. And the other thing, too, that I think is, like, David Quinn generally, like, he will generally go to his best guys. He doesn't go into a three-on-three and throw fucking Benino Sturm and pick your other plug, Jacob Magna, uh, to start the three-on-three. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry if you're a Jacob Magna fan, but I just I I was pulling names out of a hat here. Um, You know what I mean? Like there's, so there has been things where I think there has been differences where I have liked but here's 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 the problem though, right? Like even if David Quinn isn't the guy, he has to be the guy for now. Correct. Because eventually, and I I said this last show when we were talking about Vancouver briefly, and I'm just saying like how many how many coaches does one core get? Right. Right. So I think like uh, David Quinn, is he the right guy? Is he the wrong guy? I I don't know, but I think it's something that you have to at least let it play out at this point as you start to turn over the roster and start to do different things to get back into attempt at respectability. Um, So I'm not really, again, I, I, you know, what do you want to get, what you want to give credit or not give credit to David Quinn for? that's up to you but i think at this point it's it's worth letting it play out
0: yeah i mean there's not really a much much choice you have at, at at this juncture right you've already um you know swapped and ricky
3: i agree with ricky too he's saying like there's massive system differences too i think Quinn, like the sharks have done a lot less dump and chase i find than they did under Bugner because Bugner just dump and chase all fucking day. Right. Like I, I think there's definite like systems differences, structural differences. But again, like I think it's really early. And again, like like I said about like when I was talking about Mike Greer, like obviously this is just really early preliminary stuff. But all of like his big moves so far haven't really paid dividends. David Quinn, I I like I, I like watching this Sharks team way more than I liked watching last year's team, even though they've Got a points percentage of 370.
0: Right, and and I guess that that was kind of I was bearing the lead there a little bit, but you you just look at raw points percentage where the team was at last year and where it was this year. I I think they're worse than where they were last year, right? If correct. But they
3: yeah, may, they might be, but they were not this fun to watch last year. True,
0: true, and and I wonder about Eric Carlson's rejuvenation if it wasn't more along the lines of. A number 88 not being here and not taking health
3: too like who knows health health is Healthy. a factor like i said i'm not gonna i'm not going to find i, I don't want to like <laughs> there's too many people in the circle who try to find reasons to find reasons to detract from eric carlson's play like oh well it's just fucking david quinn or it's just this or it's just that like no he's been really good like has it has david quinn's system helped him Maybe I, you know, I don't think it's completely real out there, but I'm not going to say David Quinn is the reason Eric Carlson is great again. Eric Carlson's great. Cause Eric Carlson's fucking great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I think it has more to do with um, the different personnel grouping, right. And, and getting the lion's share of, of minutes now and, you know, being the, the alpha uh, on that blue line, not in, and there's no, um, ambiguity there as to as to who the alpha is, so I think that that plays into it too. Um, but I, I guess going big picture now, mm-hmm. we've talked about the juxtaposition of where the Kings are at, being on the upswing, and where the Sharks are at, kind of in the mire of of, of the muck. Um, yes,
3: but let's we have to we also have to remember that the Kings were in the muck a lot longer than the Sharks have been.
0: Okay. I think you're right there. And I think (sighs) I wonder about the ability of the Sharks to develop, to find and develop talent going forward. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't have that question with the Kings, right? Because it seems like the Kings are able to find and develop young players. I'm concerned that the Sharks are not. Able to do the same, and where that will kind of paint this team in the next couple of years, um, versus a, a, a team like the Kings.
3: I, I, here's the problem though with that is that because I don't think people realize, like, again, going back to like contrasting how long the Kings have been in the mud versus the Sharks, like, they've had more time to stockpile those players, right? Like, the Sharks the sharks are just starting to see that like just the beginnings the very very beginnings of of trying to like turn over talent especially like like the the Doug Wilson junior era if you want to say like we're just we're we're starting to see like just the earliest results of that now and you have to consider like you know in in 2019 this was a team in the conference finals you're not drafting you know what I mean? Like, you're not drafting the same caliber of players that the Kings have been drafting for a lot longer. So I'm not 100%, like, I don't know if I'm ready to say, oh, no, the Kings just, the, the Sharks just can't do it, right? Like, I think we're going to see. Like, obviously, we've got a Barracuda team right now that I think is is pretty interesting. Maybe they're not, like, this juggernaut AHL team that we would, maybe we had hoped they'd be, but I still think there's a lot of positives on that team.
0: Yeah, I think that there's some interesting prospects on the Barracuda. Um and you know, they're able to to get the win tonight against
3: the Henderson Henderson Silver Knights. Um, yeah, and I I can't speak to that game cuz that was at work, but um but I mean like if you look at that Barracuda team and what's going well, it's it's the kids. Yes.
0: Uh Okay, Montana Oni boot on a Okay. He had a goal tonight. Uh, Tristan Robbins, uh, Bortolo, uh, Andrew Agazino, and Jeffrey Vial yes. all scoring tonight. So that's good. Um, Ryan Merkley getting the second star with two assists. That's good. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean like Ryan Merkley, like here. like just going through like some of the, like here's the, the players that you want to be concerned with. Right. And let me just bring this up here quick. So I'm not just talking to my ass, even though I pretty much got this down. <laughs> Like if you look at this team, right? Like, okay, so you're 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 being led by Andrea Agazino, who's more of a AHL vet at this point. But then like your next three top scorers are Tristan Robbins, Thomas Bartolo and William Eklund. Yeah. Hashtag the future, right? <laughs> then, you know, but then but then you've got some other guys that are also doing really really well too. Like Ryan Merkley, like you said, like Ryan Merkley. It is, is a mixed bag, but he's got nine points. Uh, I wonder how many of those are primary assists. You know, Brandon Coe, also five points. Um, you know, would you like to see a little bit more from, from guys like uh, like Daniel Gushin or, or Coe? Probably, but these guys are still rookies playing their first pro season, right? So I don't know. Like, I look at this and I, I see, like, I when I see Robbins, Bortolo, Eklund at the top, like, these are all first and second round picks, right? that's what you want to see. So, you know, is, is, can, will will these guys turn into angel players? Like, can, like, that's why I'm saying like the work is just starting to be, to come do now. Right. Right. Or
0: at, and I, at I least it's, that so hard it's, developmental work. Right. I think.
3: Right. So that like, we don't really, it's too early in my opinion to say, okay, well the sharks just aren't gonna be able to develop their way out of this mess. Like, I just think it's too early. Gotcha. So when you, especially when you consider the you know the change in draft philosophy that Doug Wilson Jr. brought in, we'll see what happens under Mike Greer and whoever's leading the scouting now.
0: Right. Right.
3: Um,
0: so I guess going towards with the eye to the future then mm-hmm. I think we're both on the keep Timo train. Um
3: but again it depends like so here's the thing right like i think if you if you can get pen to paper before the trade deadline sure but if it's if there's no pen to paper you you have to move them the thing the thing with me right i know people are like oh no we don't need another eight-year deal but like timo meyer would still be good when this team's coming out of it and the one thing that i will always go back to is you don't want to you can't just like yes, play the kids is like everyone's favorite thing, but you can't just play the kids. Like when you turn this team over, you can't just turn it over to, you know, to to Eklund, Bortolo, Robbins, and everyone else and just let them kind of just fend for themselves and try to be the entire offense for this team. Like you still need, you're still going to need veteran guys around that can still carry some of the load. And Timo Meyer is definitely one of those, one of those guys, right? So, but but if you can't, but again if you can't get pinned to paper then like you move them.
0: And and right now where do you um where do you handicap the the odds of of Timo being a shark after the deadline this year?
3: I don't know because I don't we don't have enough um we don't have enough Mike I don't have enough Mike Greer Background stuff to base it off of. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of like if this was, if this was still Doug Wilson, like I could easily handicap that because we've had more of a body of work that we could kind of base our predictions off of. I honestly, I have no idea. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because you know, you've, you've got a team that's in this transitional period um you know it's got an eye one eye towards the future but one eye towards trying to compete now and
3: i think compete now is just to sell tickets i don't think they think they're competing i think i think that's something you have to say right
0: the the fan service
3: or or what have you um for sure if you're gonna go and if you're gonna hound people to to buy tickets you don't want to say hey come buy tickets for this team that we think has no chance of doing anything and completely sucks like who's how is that a sales pitch so
0: i mean you bring that up and that's a good point if you trade a timo meyer i mean i think that that is probably um something that would affect ticket sales and i think it it, could, sure. it, it affects more than just the the on ice
3: product that's for sure yeah, but I don't think you should make, like, your... So, here's here's the difference. I don't think you should make... You shouldn't make your hockey decisions based around business decisions. Right? Like, your your hockey decisions should be completely independent of your business decisions. Now, obviously, if you have to, you know, if you flip Timo and you get a bunch of picks, or, you know, you get a nice young player, or, you know what I mean? Like, you get, like, a an A year prospect and a pick. I think that, like, obviously, you do that and like, fan ticket sales be damp because obviously you know what fixes ticket sales winning so whatever you have to do to get back to winning is what you're going you know long term to get people back in the seats more full time is you have to make hockey decisions like you know and just if you if you make the right hockey decisions the business decisions will take care of themselves
0: yeah and 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 Ricky bringing up um Rebuilding and, and analytics But keeping Tim Burke um, Around I I had a little bit of an eyebrow Raise on that one too um, So that's why I'm not totally On the, the trade Timo uh, Bandwagon At this moment because I, I feel that there's More um, Uncertainty with, with Drafting and developing and especially With the turnover that we've seen You know in Sharks management So to me, Timo's a known commodity. He you know what you're gonna get from him. And players like him
3: don't come around often. So I, I think that you've got to make I mean he is a, he's a top ten pick, right? Like, so you have to you definitely if you're gonna trade Timo, you have to get value. But I mean, if you lose him for nothing isn't that that's way worse. Right. But is Timo, correct me if I'm not, he's still an RFA though. For one more year. So if you're not going if you're not gonna sign him to a big extension, you're not gonna bridge deal Timo Meyer. Right. You're either gonna buy a you're either gonna sign him to a deal that's gonna eat a bunch of UFA years, or you're gonna trade him to a team for a year and hope and then that team has to hope they can re-sign him after, you know, or sign him to a long term deal or whatever it is. But you're not bridging Timo Meyer. Like this team isn't this you're not bridging them. Right. And so I, I guess you still
0: have the RFA though, so that it gives you a little bit of control for this season. So you don't necessarily have to sign him come trade deadline. But you, but you have to
3: sign him. Like you have, you have to get him onto another deal. So if you, again, like when are guys at their peak value? Trade deadline, especially a guy like Timo Meyer. You could you imagine like with the cat being as paraded as everything is like he would fit onto so many teams that are looking for that extra punch to go all the way. Like if, if I'm at the trade deadline and Timo is available and I think I'm a legit cup contender, like I'm making that phone call and I'm loosening the purse strings. Um, I think a lot of teams like, and again, too, the the other thing that you worry about is that, Okay, so let's say you don't sign Timo Meyer. The problem is, is Timo Meyer has a ten million dollar qualifying offer. If he signs that qualifying offer, that only keeps him for a year, and then you're risking walking him to UFA. Well, I mean, at that point, I think you definitely have to make the decision, right? I mean, this year he's a lot easier to trade. This year, at what's Timo making this year? Five? What does he mean? Six? Yeah, I think. What's Timo Meyer's cap? Six and a half. Let's take a look. I, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'll bring it up okay. here. Yeah, so Timo Meyer right now is making six million dollars. It's a hell of a lot easier to trade a six million dollar Timo Meyer than it is to trade a ten million dollar Timo Meyer.
0: Right. So <laughs> man, so I mean the but the way that you're painting this then is you're you're saying it's either gotta be long term extension come pre-trade deadline Pen to paper or pre-trade deadline or or needs to be later needs to be traded out yep out the door
3: at trade deadline yep
0: that does not yeah because a... i
3: don't think because i don't think you're gonna i don't think you will get the same value for him is if you're trying to trade like if you're trying to trade timo at 10 million like even though it's 10 million dollars one year that's still that makes it a lot harder to fit i mean you can keep cap obviously and it would be gone at the end of the season but you know what i mean like it's a lot easier to trade a guy who's making six million dollars and is a guy making 10 right right especially when you know what because again if you trade him now the team you're trading him to is you're going to extract more value because he you have that rfa thing right so they still have his rights they can make a deal they can you know if you trade him to another team they can make the eight-year
0: deal So with Timo's agent coming out and saying, you know, they don't want to talk extension till
3: the end of the season. Yeah. Well, I, why would, why wouldn't you, when I could just sign my qualifying offer for $10 million, I wouldn't want to talk either.
0: Right. So, I mean, does that kind of already kind of handcuff the sharks from
3: making that long term deal? Or do you think, I don't, I, I play, I play hardball. If I'm Mike Greer, I play hardball in this situation. If you don't want to talk, we're trading. Yeah. Yeah. And then see what happens. And if he wants to be traded, then he gets traded. Again, I don't know. Like, that's just that's just me. We'll see how it plays out. But I think there's a lot of danger in if you're not, if you don't have a plan to keep Timo Meyer and you don't have a contract to throw in front of him before the trade deadline that you think he will sign. I just, what are we doing then? Like, again, because this is a team that's not on the come up. So you need to, if Timo Meyer is not going to be a part of this team going forward, you need to extract maximum value for him period yeah
0: well i mean the sharks have their work cut out for them that's for sure and um you know going into that trade deadline it's going to be very very interesting because there's going to be some other assets that are floating around as well um you know you you start to now worry a little bit
3: about the goaltending though and that being i think reimer will sort himself out like he just like it (laughs) this wasn't a good game but like i'm not here completely going crazy about it like I did the last game because unlike like because again with James Reimer the the bad games are the exception with capo and the good games been the exception. Yeah. So like I'm not gonna completely freak out here over Reimer. I think he had a bad game. Now if this continues for another week then we'll revisit this and I'm sure I'll have plenty of not nice things to say <laughs> about James Reimer. But right now he's earned the benefit of the doubt that he will turn this around.
0: Yeah. Um, and again, Eric Carlson, I think, floating around too. Um, but
3: again, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a, a very I just I, I can't see like I understand people saying like, oh my god, we gotta trade Eric Carlson right now, but like like and and look at I think Eric Carlson's been really good this year. I'm one of you know, like I am not an Eric Carlson disbeliever by any stretch of the imagination, but I also live in reality. And the reality is, of the deal that he signed in San Jose, we've gotten a few really, really good months in a eight-year deal. Like, I don't... I just, I don't think there's as many teams lining up to be like, oh, I want to pay Eric Carlson for four more years at 11 or whatever the final number ends up being if the Sharks don't pay him. But I can't imagine paying, like, having that much money. Like, any any amount of money that you keep from the Eric Carlson deal, you're going to have all that money plus the Brent Burns money to have Brent Burns and Eric Carlson not be on your team. You're going to pay that money for those two guys to not play for you? Like, at some point, I don't know. I just... It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't. I don't think teams are going to be now. GMs are NHL GMs are incredibly stupid at times, but I just I won't believe that there is any smoke to this fire, then until that. Like I need to see a trade before I'm going to bl- it's going to be all those things. Right, just I don't believe there's anything to it until, you know, I wake up one morning, I go to Twitter, and Nara Carlson's been traded. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Well. I mean, the the sharks have, you know, have some assets. We'll see what they end up doing coming into the trade deadline. Um, we've still got a little bit of ways to go till we get there, <laughs> teeny bit. Um, but a- again, I think y- you start to now look towards okay. Again, fundamentals and and trying to um, you know teach good philosophy uh, right now and and try and make do with what you've got um, but the uh, the prospects and I mean prospects as in looking further down the season don't look um, particularly bright for the team and um, again we're, we're gonna have to see if they can pull themselves out of this tailspin but with this the, the current roster as constructed I don't I don't have a, a lot of faith that that will happen
3: um, and no this is a bad team and it's gonna it's gonna do badly and like, like I said, I mean, you know, the the, the problem with like, and you and I could sit here and just be like, oh, man, Tank Nation, this is the best. And, and I will do that <laughs> when the season's over and the draft is here. We'll celebrate like crazy. But like in the in the moment, all I can do is come on here and talk about the talk about the game, you know, talk about the games that are in front of us right. and kind of just, you know, pretend that I still want this team because like at the end of the day, like I still enjoy when this team wins.
0: Yeah, and it still and it I, still sucks when their their opponent or when their uh, rivals beat them
3: like you know like tonight and you know and then like the game against Seattle like I can and there are some games where I will where I clearly still get mad when they lose even though those have been far fewer. Yeah, uh, Michael Molasses asking, <laughs>
0: did you guys talk about Limblom yet? We we did very briefly, but a little bit. I mean, I
3: just there's not you know, really much to it's... say there. It just hasn't worked out. Yeah, like a lot of like guys said, the the early, um, like I said, the early returns so far on Mike Grise moves have not panned out very well at all. Um, Matt Benning's fucking terrible. Kunin, Lindblom, pretty much been busts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it just
0: it's not good. Well. With that being said, I think we'll we'll end the show there. Uh, your Sharks are uh, 28th in the league as currently standing with 17 points. They are 7-13-3. Not not fun times being had by the Sharks, uh, but they've got some uh, interesting opponents coming up here um, in the next little bit. We'll see if they can right the ship. Of course, Bucknell just take over on Sunday if, you guys haven't already seen uh, in what are your final thoughts on and where the people can find you uh,
3: final thoughts are when the sharks do bad it's bad um, I, I, I do want to say something uh, and I did kind of mention it on Twitter but I want to say it on air for the people that aren't on Twitter and maybe were a little put off so <laughs> the last show I, I I started with a really unfortunate bit um, I was just trying to like make light of, you know, just b- Black Friday stupidity. Um, but I went a little crazy with it. Um, a little too far. And then of course, um, the day after I make these comments, there's an unfortunate, um, there's an unfortunate mass shooting, um, at a Walmart, uh, in Chesapeake, Virginia. And obviously I didn't know that that was going to happen. And no, Like and I and I I didn't you know like I I didn't obviously like know that was gonna happen and obviously those comments that I made happened before that happened so it wasn't like I was making light of a awful situation, um but still it was you know in today's climate it was it was kind of dumb and I do. Like, I just, I don't think it was a good bit. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of a dumb bit. When I listened back to it, I kind of cringed and it was bad and I, it wasn't a good bit. And obviously in light of recent events, I feel terrible about it because again, like, it's not really funny when, you know, the families of five unfortunate people have the worst Thanksgiving ever. Like I couldn't imagine coming up to a hall, ho- like having something like that happen on a holiday. And then like you- the rest of your life, that family's like, Oh, Thanksgiving is coming. Yeah. That's when, you know, my family member was tragically murdered. Yeah. Um, like how shitty is that? Yeah. Um, so obviously it wasn't, it wasn't a good bit. It, you know, like some, like I just, every day you just try to be better. And that's what yeah. I do. But for anyone who was put off by the bit, I, I, you know, I, I it made me cringe too for, anyone who maybe didn't like it um well definitely I, I didn't appreciate, like it after the fact either well i definitely appreciate you coming out and saying that
0: and and you know again we're, we just try to do the best we can and and you know when when you're given the the benefit of hide and sight you know you're able to to yeah. say hey you know this was something that that i kind of feel bad about and you
3: know something... yeah it was it was a shitty bit and i just didn't want anyone to like Cause look at, there are people out there that do not like our little umbrella and the people that are underneath it, um, that, you know, and thankfully no one's really kind of used that against me, but, um, if, if you do want to, it's fine, go ahead, but just know that I think it was a bad bit and I, bring it to again, I think coming from you
0: and, and coming, um, you know, from, from your, um, perspective and, and, being able to, to see that and, and apologize on it. And, um, you know, really come out in front of that. I it it's, yeah. it speaks a lot, and and I think again, um, very appreciative of, of you and and what you do here for us, and um, you know, coming on these shows with us. So, uh, You know, it's 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 always a pleasure. So from that perspective, you know, I think a lot of people understood where you were coming from, um, and and again, I just appreciate that, and and appreciate you, um, you know, saying what you have. Um, as far as my final thoughts and and where the people can find me. Uh, my final thoughts are uh, just want to continue to see the sharks um, do well with effort and uh, continue to put good efforts, um, you know, zero to sixty, um, and and really try to to work on that foundational um, foundational game because at, at at this point, you know, you you've got the the personnel that you've got, and um, you know, really you you can only try to do the best you can with what you've got. As far as where the people can find me, you can find me across all the social media garbage. Use my first name and my last name. And in case you missed us and you want to check us out again, check us out on the YouTube Rewind. Of course, we're also on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Audacity, and of course, TLTownUSA.com. So for everybody at Teal Town USA, Ian, AJ, Eric, Dana, we all thank you for checking us out. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. And keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. And we'll see you after the next game on the Technologist Takeover.